0: Welcome back to Chat with Leaders, where we amplify the voices of leaders who use business and influence as a force for good. We believe it's their example that will have a tremendous impact on our next generation of servant leaders who will carry us forward into our bright, sustainable future. What comes to mind when you think about the word purpose? For you it may be career, family, or community. Maybe you haven't thought that much about purpose, let alone what your purpose is. Purpose is exactly what today's guest thinks about, and not only his purpose, but the purpose of many professionals like yourself. In today's episode, Jeff chats with Greg Sloan, co-founder of Go Beyond. Go Beyond is a talent development company that leverages behavioral science and technology to help you attract, engage, and grow your people. Greg talks to Jeff about why purpose is relevant to both your personal and professional life, how you can start defining your purpose and support others in doing the same, as well as shares his personal journey, which led to him and his wife defining their purpose. All right, let's jump right into this conversation with Greg Sloan. Over to you, Jeff.
1: All right, Greg, thank you so much for sharing your generous time with us today. I have been looking forward to having you on Chat with Leaders and talking about defining what purpose means to you.
2: Jeff, it's it's great to be here. Got to listen to a couple of your podcasts, uh, one with my good buddy John Duisberg. So I'm looking forward to this as well.
1: Awesome. Well, John is a good friend too. We uh, produce his podcast, The Great Retention, and just. I've really enjoyed the opportunity to learn from leaders like you who are using their influence, their platform, their voice as a force for good in the world. And this discussion around purpose is such a salient uh, point in this time where people are looking to attach themselves both personally and corporately to a purpose. Um, But there are often, I think, some misconceptions about the word purpose that you and I have talked about. So what are some misconceptions about the word that you strongly disagree with?
2: Yeah. So the first thing I'll say is when we use that word purpose, we really use it in two contexts. The first is probably company purpose. And we'll sort of define that as, you know, this is where every company can be a force for good. We believe a company can be and should be a force for good in the world. And then the second, of course, is on an individual level, which we call a personal purpose purpose. So I guess the first misconception is when we, maybe not a misconception, but maybe basically confusion. Like when we use the word, which one of the two are we talking about? We exist in a business model where we talk about both, um, but many other businesses and many other leaders uh, generally only focus on one of the two. So happy to dive into kind of some additional misconceptions on both of those.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's good to to separate the two. I think that's one of the first things that uh, people might struggle with because even the leader of the organization may have a, a personal purpose that is slightly different either in wording or context than how they run the business. But I have found personally that once I had my personal purpose defined, it became a lot easier to align that to anywhere that I worked in the past or when I was starting my business. Uh, to try to put the two together uh, in some way, shape or form. Uh, is that something that you found uh, to be beneficial?
2: Yeah, so first of all, when we're talking to founders and I myself am a founder, what we find is that the company purpose and the founder's purpose tend to be very synonymous with each other. Maybe, Maybe there's even only a few nuances that are different. So when we talk about purpose uh, with respect to leaders, not necessarily founders, this is why we use the term aligning purpose because they're not going to be identical, but you do want to make sure they're moving in the same direction. I guess a couple of the additional um, misconceptions and things that I really um, don't like hearing is that this is just for nonprofits or it doesn't really Mm. add their bottom line. And that that is absolutely wrong. Deloitte uh, did a study last year as an example that purpose-centered companies grow at three times the rate of non-purpose-centered companies. Uh, Clearly, it improves retention, engagement with your people. Um, There's more and more data coming out, particularly in the last five years, that talk about how the leaders of the organization are recognizing that purpose is that common theme that stretches across all stakeholders, from shareholders to customers, to now one of the most important, which is the workers.
1: I couldn't agree more with you and uh, be very interested in actually diving back into your journey a little bit earlier on when you first realized the importance of defining your personal purpose and, and ultimately how that has helped you define the why that fuels you in helping others find their purpose.
2: Well, I'll start with a famous quote from Mark Twain uh, that goes, the best two days in your life are the day you were born and the day you found out why. And like many of us in our adult life, I went through many years not really understanding why I was placed on this earth. A little bit about my backstory. So I grew up in Hawaii, um, very poor, actually. Uh, Like most others, my personal purpose came through the influence of several key people in my life namely my blind grandfather and my dad, who was a disabled veteran. And growing up poor led me to define my success as becoming personally wealthy and even being a good provider for my family, something that my father couldn't do. Uh, But I didn't personally appreciate the importance of my purpose until I reached what I believe to be the peak of Maslow's hierarchy, if you think about the old triangle where He had self-actualization at the peak, and I kind of got there at age 36 on a financial front. But personally, I was miserable. My my marriage was on the rocks. I was borderline obese. I didn't have much relationship with my kids. Um, Drove the right car, had the right business card, lived in a 5,000-square-foot house. But at about 36, 37 years old, I really went through this journey, this personal journey to understand what is it that... It makes me unique. Why am I here? What can I provide to the world that no one else can provide? And uh, read books, um, did a lot of uh, personality assessments, really didn't have much of a use for this stuff before going through this experience myself, Um, but really then took the time and intention to say, no, I'm gonna really understand more about who I am and what makes me unique and culminated in a weekend uh, in mountains of North Georgia with my wife and we spent two days. And you know, we said, basically, we're not gonna leave here until we figure out what makes us different and what are we contributing to the rest of this world. And, and that's, that's when we sort of both wrote our, uh, what we call the first draft of our personal purpose.
1: I love that first draft and it's iterative. And I love that you shared that story. I think it's gonna meet a lot of people exactly where they are today. Can't tell you how often I come across a personal friend or someone that's willing to be vulnerable with me. They're they have at surface level everything that you could ever imagine that they would want or need, but they're hollow and just completely empty inside. And um, uh, and it's great to hear that you were able to to find that purpose and that it was restorative to your marriage. It was restorative to your life and to your health. Uh so important. It's uh it's it's absolutely critical that we think that way.
2: Yeah. And, and obviously, this is not to say that wealth and financial security is not important. It's actually, one of my core values is financial security for myself and for my family. What it's to say is that's not the only thing we should be seeking in life.
1: Yeah. Centering your mind, centering your heart, centering your intentions around that. So as a leader, I want to get really specific for the listener. Uh, why is it essential to know your purpose and support others in identifying and living out their purpose through anybody that you have influence over? So all your stakeholders that you mentioned, if you're a leader of a company, you know, you're, you're taking this corporate purpose that you mentioned and, and you're, you're asking that other people align with that. So why, why is that just so fundamentally critical to the success of business leadership?
2: Well, you know, purpose is critical in good times and bad, but I think it really comes to light when you're going through challenging times. We've just come through a period of time in the world and definitely in corporate um, settings where individuals are looking to that leader to lead through perilous times, through times of uncertainty. And when the leader can step up and say, look, guys, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know how this is going to shake out, but what I do know is that we came together. This organization is here to make a difference in the world, to be a force for good in whatever industry, product, service that they're delivering. And when that leader has the um have the have the ability, have the strength to be vulnerable and even share their own purpose personal purpose and how that is aligned with what they're doing as an organization. That is what human beings are looking for. They'll follow leaders for that bigger cause for that higher purpose, for the greater good. And um, it's critical for leaders to be able to be vulnerable in that way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it was really the whole impetus of starting this podcast at the beginning of the pandemic. I remember talking to an old sales leader mentor and asking him, how are you forging ahead faithfully amid this uncertainty? Because we're in this collective trauma of the pandemic and we're all remote. We don't know what to do. We don't approach relationships the same way anymore. And what he shared was just so profound that it caused us to say, we should really start a conversation series around it. We didn't even call it a podcast, but it was that time where I realized that amplifying the voices of those servant leaders that were showing what it meant to be one in the face of adversity, um, that, that, that was significant. And it's turned out to be, and here we are three years later talking to you saying the same things and, um, and, and living that out yourself. So thank you for how you model that.
2: You, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll echo what you were saying there. So what you know you may have been sharing it sounds to me like a purpose statement for your organization so I'll just assume that that was similar to what you' were describing but you weren't saying we're launching a podcast we're we're building a piece of software. you you described it as starting a conversation and, and allowing uh, servant leaders to be heard. That is purpose, right? The the distribution and the mechanism that that gets out there is part of your business model and your mission, but it's your purpose is greater than that, and so that's a great example. Um, obviously, I, I, I may have not shared this a, a minute ago, but we we do see ourselves and probably you standing on the shoulders of giants. Uh, for us, Viktor Frankl and his book, Man's Search for Meaning, and even Abraham Maslow, even though he came from a different perspective that was humanistic, he did eventually pivot or change his um, thesis uh, in the 1960s before he passed away to really put a higher, um, higher peak above self-actualization. And both of them called it self-transcendence we call it purpose and and serving others, but it really is going beyond the self.
1: Yeah, amen. Yeah, and I've realized that in my adult life, like you getting to that point of clarity because you've had to overcome a significant tension and I find that a lot of leaders and, and professionals, all people get to the middle of their life, call it the existential midlife crisis, if you will, but that's usually at the core I find if people feeling hopeless, helpless, like that they don't have that level of transcendence or self-actualization to lean into, and then when you can have clarity, the good news is on the other side of that tension is typically something really grand, uh, so long as you can define that purpose. And I'd like to get into that because our listener may not have defined their purpose. Maybe they're in that moment now where they're struggling through life or they have a lot of tension akin to what you shared before. So they may be asking, where do I start? So what are some of the challenges, obstacles that, um, you know, that they would have to go through in order to start to really define and work out their purpose? So a um, couple of things about demographics in our experience, and even there's
2: research that to support this, that the two peaks, I would say in your life, that purpose tends to be more, um, you, you lean into it more is probably your early 20s, maybe even coming out of high school and college. This is where you're kind of setting your career path. And then the second period is what you just described, which I think we've kind of gone through as that middle of, of our life. The period in between your early 30s, maybe, what we found is a lot of folks are, folks are just so focused in paying the mortgage and you know taking the kids to soccer that being part of this bigger thing ends up taking a back seat. But I wanted to clarify that because it's something that, We have found in reality, and then we've also found some science to uh, support that. But in terms of of challenges and obstacles, you know, obviously we built software and and without overselling ourselves, we really have tried to work very hard to to create a simplified process for people. But um, one of the things that I want to dismiss is the notion that you have to quote unquote find it versus define it or discover it. We absolutely believe you have to take the time and be intentional about it, but um, we try to steer clear of the word find because it sounds like something that is lost. And I don't believe it's been lost, it just hasn't been articulated. Your purpose comes from inside of you. Everyone that's in this field of purpose work has a slightly different formula. Our formula um, is similar to many, and it's really a combination of your passions, that thing that you really don't understand why it's so important to you, but it is. Your strengths, which are in most cases science-based. You can test these things from a even a Gallup strengths finder or some of these other tools. But the third one is really part of it's your story. It's your experience. It's something that you've lived through in your life. It could have been something that happened to you, or it could have been something that happened to someone near to you, or you observed something. Many cases that happened during your adolescent years, let's say between the ages of 12 and 22. um, I think there's even some, some science to support that. It's when your middle brain is being formed. But if you think about, okay, what am I really passionate about? What do I have this God-given talent gift that I can't explain, but I'm just kind of good at it? And then where have I observed the world with problems that I can particularly um, jump in to help solve? And when you combine those three in our, we've done this with over a thousand people. We have found this common thread across all three. we have We've even baked it down to something we call the ACE formula. Um, but the bottom line is you can start by asking yourself those three questions. And, um, of course, go through some tools like, like what we built.
1: I love what you said about find not just finding it, but really defining it. I think that's such an important distinction. It kind of reminds me of your story of actually writing your first draft of that with your wife and really workshopping through that and being intentional about putting words to it. You know, I, I know that as a founder, you know, you always struggle. As much as uh, you know, over time, I found my personal purpose, which is to serve others and specifically to serve others in a way that glorifies God and furthers the kingdom that's my personal purpose. You know, when I came to the company purpose, you know, laboring over the words, you know, that I would use to start my company. It's a lot, you you put a lot of effort and thought into that. And then you start building your team around that and you want them to identify with that as well, but they need to find their own personal attachment to the purpose and how they live that out in their lives. And so to me, purpose, once you define it, You have to activate it and you have to activate it within you have to it's an action but also other people on your team need to be able to it needs to be activated in them and so i call it living it out right we can call it a number of things so once some once something or someone has then defined that purpose what are some of the nuanced details that they need to consider of how best to activate that both in themselves and then in others
2: i'm going to start by saying what it does not mean is quit your job i've had so many people that come through this process and say well now i really understand what my i've I've defined this personal purpose And it's not aligned with my job. So so we're big believers more in um, maybe there's a different role within the organization. And or maybe if you take this and share this with your your leader, that there is a way to modify what you're doing to integrate that into your company, your organization that you're with. We are not in the camp of supporting the great um, resignation. We are in the camp of supporting the great realignment. And I'd like to believe, uh, in fact, I think there was a study a few years ago that 80 some odd percent of people believe that 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 have defined their purpose, believe that they can find it within their work, that they can activate it within their organization. Being able to do that still requires the other party, in this case, your leader, to accept that. My leader in 2007 did not accept it. Uh, when I presented it to him after going through this process, and that's when I did uh, have to leave. Um, but but it comes down to really begin to think about a mindset shift. I'll, I'll tell a story of, of, uh, of a mother that I worked through a process with a few years ago. She was in her early 40s. She worked in a hospital in a role that matched her skills and her education, but didn't provide her much fulfillment. And during this process, Um, she was a part of a double income family. So her income was very critical to the family. She could not not work. But during a coaching session, I asked her some key questions about her day to day responsibilities. And if there was a way to integrate her purpose with her patients, she was in a hospital system once her shift was over. Because what the way she defined her purpose and what was meaningful to her, it was necessary for her to have relationship, intimate relationship with individuals In order to live that out, in order to activate it. And I said, but your role in the hospital gives you the platform for that intimate relationship. Yes, you have to do a lot of compliance and paperwork that you don't like to do. But if you do that, it allows you to have the relationship to do the thing that is most fulfilling for you. So it was more of a mindset shift for her. And that's where that activation comes in it starts with the mindset shift living it out love that description we use the term activate um, but it's like anything else if you just do it and don't actually live it out it's it's not going to be as fulfilling
1: yeah i like that a lot and i think it's So important to have that coach that can call it out, that can help you reframe the way in which you think about your personal purpose being lived out, because, you know, it can often feel like you're beating yourself up if you're so caught up in the things that maybe are misaligned or that you perceive as misaligned with the purpose. But if you can reframe and focus on how you're actually serving that in the greater context, then it creates maybe more happiness, <laughs> less of this great resignation, quiet quitting, whatever you want to call it, all the stuff that you see out there.
2: So, so I'll also say this. So when we hear that term, we just start talking about personal purpose. Statistics show that 70% of us, when we hear that word, we do think about our career. Okay. So those two things do come together. What that means 30% of us When we hear the word purpose, our first thought goes to something other than our career. And throughout, before we launched our company, Go Beyond, we really interviewed hundreds of people to try to figure out what is is it that we're talking about here? What does purpose mean to you? And we came down and we kept hearing these five themes over and over and over again. And so we put them in, we baked them into our process. And the five things are number one, family, number two, friends, Number three, career or company, if you're an entrepreneur. Number four, community. And number five, cause. So 70% of us are thinking about the middle one. And 30% of us are commonly thinking about one of the other four. So how do you activate it? Maybe you're not activating it all across the five missions at the same time. So we call these missions. You have one purpose. And that you should align with five missions in your life. And that will help you to think about this a little differently. As they say, you know, how, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? So just yeah. take a little step.
1: It's a great framework. I love the statistics I saw on your LinkedIn. You said that um, because, you know, we spend a third of our life at work, an individual's career can often be their most rewarding Outlet or or not <laughs> if they're disengaged. But you say that sixty seven percent of employees report feeling disengaged at work. Ninety six percent of executives feel burned out. Fifty percent, fifty seven percent feel stressed daily. You know those numbers may be on the rise. I, I was particularly interested in ninety six percent of executives feeling burned out. That's a that's a tough number. So, what do we do? What do we do with this mental health crisis? like how do we approach this as a as a workforce as leaders of businesses? How can we elevate humanity through our uh, our influence So first of all, I will say it's it is happening.
2: I really do believe and and the data does show so there's a report called the CEO Purpose report that was just released sometime uh, early um, in January of this year. of CEOs, according to this study, are accelerating purpose within their organization, specifically as a result of the pandemic. We've been talking about this for a while. I happen to think that we're in the third act of sort of a four-part drama. And the first act was 9-11 when we realized that going to work could be the last day of your life second act was coming out of the great great recession where we lost faith in our leaders and definitely uh those in the financial um central banking system i believe this third act actually took place started before the pandemic if you look at gallup um they did a lot of research particularly on the millennials now the largest um work group in the least in the country um And they told leaders in 2018 that you need to have a mindset shift from paycheck to purpose because this next generation of workers that you really need to rely on are looking for something that go beyond the paycheck. There was a study at that point in time that said millennials will take up to a 23% pay cut if their role is more aligned with meaning and purpose in their lives. So what do we do? I think we continue doing the work that started maybe in 2016, 17, and 18, that COVID has forced us to accelerate. Um, 28% of CEOs have stated that they have a company purpose. 55% have stated we need one and we want one. So they're moving in the right direction. Now. Once you have that from a company perspective and you and you promote it and you um, share this with your stakeholders, stakeholders that are more attracted to this, and I think the audience for the, for this particular um, part of your strategy is your potential workers, your current workers and your potential workers, um, as well as your community at large, probably not as meaningful to your stakeholders, although stakeholders do want you to have that. So we continue the work that, that we're currently doing. Um, McKinsey, Harvard Business Review, Deloitte, Pricewaterhouse, PwC, excuse me, all of those great um, uh, consulting organizations are doing tremendous research on this. You can just Google any one of those names and the word purpose, and you will find treasure troves of data and research on how to make changes within your organization. We we are focused on purpose in the workplace, just to be clear, as opposed to purpose in some of those areas, not that those are not important, um, but we are here to help the workforce and the workplace work better together.
1: I love that. It's important work that you're doing, and we appreciate you being on with us today. I would like to leave our listeners with maybe just one big takeaway that you hope that they might put into into action uh, from this conversation.
2: Yeah, so if, if you're a leader, um, I would say, first of all, this is, you, did, you do need to be intentional about it, but it's not as difficult as it might come across. There is an organization that I just came across here in Atlanta. I don't have anything to do with this company, but the CEO publicly posted their company purpose um, on LinkedIn, built a graphic, designed it. Um, The company is called Rebus. They're a startup. They do um, metal, kind of like eBay for metals. Um, And this CEO was willing to be vulnerable to say, look, we as an organization are growing. We've got 250 somewhat employees. We really believe in integrating purpose into our culture and into our strategy. And we're going to be vulnerable about it and show out to the world that we stand for something greater than just selling metals. So, there is process, reach out to, there's many other uh, purpose um, consulting firms or coaching organizations. We provide both the consulting and the software for the employees, for the workers. Um, but really take that first step
1: is, is what I would say. We'll be providing some resources in the show notes. So go check those out to learn more about Greg and Go Beyond, co-founder of Go Beyond, Greg Sloan. It was such a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you so much for being with us awesome, Jeff. Thanks for being. Well, that wraps up another edition of Chat with Leaders. Thank you for investing your time with us today. If you haven't already, we would be grateful if you shared this episode with a friend and rated it on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts so we can pass down the wisdom from our guests to more aspiring leaders. If you're interested in launching a professional podcast to grow your business, we would love to help. Check out chatwithleaders.com for more information and feel free to reach out by emailing team at chatwithleaders.com. Thanks again and go be a leader worth following.